Hey guys, welcome back to That Florida Feeling. I hope everybody's having a great week. It's kind of nice and warm here in Florida. I can tell it's the start of season though. Tourist. Um, and if you're one of those tourists, all I ask is that you behave. And if you see people at the beach acting like an a-hole, it's probably not us that live here. It's probably the tourists. Just want to say that. So did anybody watch the Daytona 500? I caught parts of it. But I just, it's too long to just sit there for the whole thing. But did you like the Daytona episode? I thought there was some really interesting parts. I actually didn't realize like, that the Daytona 500 had been going on that long. Or that really Daytona started all that. So that was kind of cool. Thank you to everybody who liked, subscribed, and followed and interacted on Facebook and Instagram pages. I know I have failed this week, y'all. I did not put out a question on Tuesday. And I'm so sorry. It has just been a week. But I promise I will do better next week. So, this week, I have a really cool topic, and it was actually requested by Erica on Instagram, and she requested that I do an episode on Jupiter, which I'll be honest, I had never thought to do an episode on Jupiter, so I was super happy to do this. I actually love Jupiter. It's a really cool little area with some beautiful beaches, so I was really happy to get to really, you know, dive in and explore this little town. Jupiter, Florida actually sits on the east coast of Florida um, in Palm Beach County. It's about 97 miles north, excuse me, 87 miles north of Miami, or four hours in Miami traffic. No, just kidding. Some days you get lucky and the turnpike's not backed up. Um, so Jupiter is technically the northernmost community in the Miami metropolitan area, which to me is just insane because Jupiter seems so far north of Miami. Jupiter is the 12th best beach town in the U.S. as of 2018. And the ninth happiest seaside town in the U.S. in 2012. Wow, did you guys just hear that accent? Wow. All right. Um, and Jupiter sits on the Gold Coast of Florida. One day I'm going to look up all the different coasts of Florida. <laughs> I didn't. There's just names. They're like, this is this coast and this is this coast. And I just found that so kind of cool and interesting and weird at the same time. Back to Jupiter. So Jupiter actually has a lot of history. Uh, it was. It's actually kind of got a cool feature that nowhere else has on the east coast of Florida. It's pretty unique. It's got a geographical location that actually sticks out further into the Atlantic Ocean than anywhere else on the Florida coast. So I think that's pretty cool. And of course, this really meant something back when people were exploring the New World because ships sailing around in the area, which was about the 1500s, considered this to be a really important stop when they were sailing to Central and South America. So a lot of the earliest New World explorers would stop or even sail through the area. And that's kind of how the town got its name. The area that the town currently sits on was named for the Hobe Indian tribe that lived at the mouth of the Loxahatchee River. And the name is actually preserved in the name of the nearby Hobe Sound. But this is not actually the name of the tribe that lived there. The name actually happened when a map maker misunderstood the Spanish spelling of Hobe, so J-O-B-E, and made it the native people Hobe, H-O-B-E, and actually then ended up recording it as something completely different as Jove, J-O-V-E. So there's one confusion, and then map makers after that completely continued to misunderstand it, and they thought that that translated into the same name as the Roman god Jupiter, Fun fact, Jupiter is the Roman god of light, sky, and weather. So that's kind of fitting since it's such a nice area. And that's how it got its name. And a further play on this was when the neighboring town took inspiration from Jupiter and named themselves Juno Beach because Jupiter's consort was Juno. I think that's kind of cool. Fun fact.
Jupiter is a beautiful area and it's really known for its year-round warm weather due to its tropical rainforest climate. The area really never sees frost and even on its colder days, it's still not that cold. And in South Florida fashion, it only has two seasons. Mild dry season, which is November through April, and hot wet, hot, wet season, or summer that we call it, from May to October. Daily thunderstorms are common in the hot season and usually happen every day between 2 and 5 and really only last a few minutes. Uh, that's kind of why we joke in Florida, wait 5 minutes, the weather will change, because that's really a real thing. It's going to pop up and then it's going to go away. I've actually sat on a beach during a downpour only to be sunbathing five minutes later. And that actually happened not far from Jupiter. So if you are in Florida in the summer and a rainstorm comes, it's going to look really bad. It's going to pour torrentially for a good five to ten minutes. And then the sun's going to come out. It's going to get really humid. You might see a rainbow and you're going to go on with your day. And that's basically Florida weather in the summer in a nutshell. And worse in the South Florida area. But back to Jupiter. Now, Jupiter is actually full of fun things for everyone, and it's got some beautiful landscaping. In fact, it's such a pretty area down there. And the beaches are so nice and pristine. And, of course, not only humans think this, but the beaches in the area, which is near Jupiter and Juno Beach, are actually preferred nesting grounds for the rare loggerhead sea turtle. The white sands provide a home to more than 10,000 sea turtle nests each year. Jupiter also has a loggerhead marine life center, which is kind of cool because it's totally devoted to the loggerhead turtle. And the center will actually take you on organized tours to see the turtles on the beach without disturbing the nest. And you can see the turtles. Sometimes you can see the nest. Sometimes you can see the nest hatching if you do it at the right time of the year. And that's really cool because the center is actually a small nature center and science center that really tells you about the native sea life in the area. And of course, focuses on turtles and it even lets you see live sea turtles year round in the center. Of course, I think that's really cool to see sea turtles. I mean, they're just beautiful creatures, but to actually get to see them up close while you're learning about them, that's even more cool, you know, because you always see them. If you're ever lucky enough to see one in the wild, they're just magnificent creatures. But this center lets you see one, and it shows you what you can do to help to preserve the area for the nest and for future turtles in the area. I think that's just really cool. And of course, that's not the only thing that Jupiter's really known for in that area for as far as nature. Um, there's numerous parks that allow you to take in the scenery and go on trails and hiking um fun fact jupiter actually has a dog beach so that's kind of cool allows you to enjoy it with your furry friend but they also have some really cool local parks such as dubois and riverbend um, and that really allows you to walk through nature and enjoy the area riverbend park when it's open actually also connects to jonathan dixon state park which we'll talk about in a second so it's, it's really nice that they've created this network of parks that really allow you to explore the area kind of at your own leisure. And another thing that really is really cool down there is that there's a bush wildlife sanctuary and they call this area home. And this sanctuary is a little over six acres and it's got trails and boardwalks and you can visit the sanctuary and it's home to many rescued animals that are also native to Florida, such as oxes, fodder, fodders. I just totally made two new animals y'all well, oxes a thing but otters foxes panthers alligators and of course various birds because birds are just florida's thing and the sanctuary allows you to walk around and see the animals in their exhibits while enjoying the outdoors of course it is outdoors so wear sunscreen 
And they have a cool discovery center with exhibits that allows for some interactive learning that's really good for kids. And since they are an active rescue, they actually do take in rescues that people find and work in the area to help the wildlife. Um, I looked them up. They do have a website. Uh, it seems like a really interesting place. They don't do, they don't have an entrance fee. They only accept, they, you know, they ask for donations. But it, it's really cool that they, not only do they take care of these animals, but they teach you about the animals. And if you find one, then you know that you can turn to them and they're going to help these animals. So I think that's really cool what they do for that community. Now, of course, I mentioned Jonathan Dixon State Park, and that is just north of Jupiter because Jupiter also sits on the banks of the Loxahatchee River, and the Jonathan Dixon State Park includes the Loxahatchee River, and it's a beautiful state park just north of Jupiter, and it's made up of 16 different natural communities, uh, some that are actually rare, and it's home, it is home of the largest state park in Florida, and if you ever get to go, it's an absolutely beautiful state park. Uh, The environments are settled around... The Loxahatchee River, and it really allows you to explore the park by land or by water. And it does have some interesting backstories that include a World War II training camp and a shipwreck Quaker merchant that the park is actually named after. But of course, the really cool thing about the park is that Trapper Nelson was there. And Trapper Nelson is the wild man of the Loxahatchee. And I talked about Jonathan Dixon State Park actually in my Florida State Park Part 1 episode, which is one of my first episodes for my podcast. So I'm not going to go into so many details on it here, but it is a beautiful state park. There's a lookout tower, and it's also home to the Elsa Kimball Environmental Education and Research Center, and that allows people to learn about the area and finding ways to preserve it. And of course, you can explore the park on your own or take a ranger-guided tour that includes Trapper Nelson's Pioneer Homestead. They have a really cool feature that you can also horseback ride in this park. Um, You can explore the trails on horseback or by bikes or foot. Um, You can even explore it via boats, coots, Man, I'm about to make up more words. Boats, canoes, or kayaks as you take in the beautiful scenery from the water. Uh, The park is actually known for its nature, so fishing, bird watching, wildlife viewing, and of course camping is definitely recommended in this park. And I recommend checking this one out because it has so many different things to do and experience that there really is something fun for everyone. So if you do want to learn more, check out my Florida State Parks Part 1 episode. Again, it's one of my first ones, so don't judge it too harshly. Um, another thing that Jupiter is really well known for is another landmark, and that's the Jupiter Inlet Lighthouse. And the lighthouse actually sits on the north side of the Ju- of Jupiter Inlet. And the actual spot that the lighthouse sits on is a junction of the Indian River and Jupiter Inlet. And this was also a meeting place for native, for ancient Native American tribes, and possibly thousands of years of this going on. So it's definitely got some history to it. And it's also a strategic one that was eventually chosen by the U.S. Army surveyors as a spot where the lighthouse should be built. In fact, President Franklin Pierce set aside six and a half acres on the Fort Jupiter Reservation for the lighthouse specifically to be built, and this happened in 1854. Now, the lighthouse was finished in May of 1860, and it was fully lit in July of 1860. The weather, a weather bureau and signal station were also established on the ni- lighthouse grounds in 1889, as well as a wireless Navy telegraph station um, in 1890. So, it's a very useful, strategic place especially in florida and the grounds were expanded in 1930 to hold the tower a lighthouse a lighthouse a lightkeeper's house words y'all a radio beacon the powerhouse and of course several outbuildings the u.s navy actually took over the tower and the stations in 1936 but then gave it to the coast guard in 1939 so this building and area has changed hands many times 
Now, the Loxahatchee River Historical Society was founded to preserve the area and the lighthouse that included in the area. Um, they really wanted to preserve it to keep it to show the historical and cultural importance of the area. So they actually opened the Oil House Museum in 1973, and public tours actually began after permission was given by the U.S. Coast Guard. Now, the lighthouse is on the National Register of Historic Places as of 1973, and by 1988, the Society had opened the Florida History Center and Museum just across from the lighthouse. The Historical Society also agreed to maintain the lighthouse and give public tours. And fun fact, these, this is one of the lighthouses in Florida that you can actually go all the way to the top. And they actually restored the, pro the lighthouse. They did a huge restoration project in 1999. They fixed weather damage to the tower, made sure that it was historically up to date, um, wasn't going to fall over, anything like that. They fully protected this lighthouse. And I think that's really cool. That's something very important, especially not only to Florida history, but to the U.S. history. And the Historical Society even opened a visitor center in one of the old military buildings. Now, the Historical Society today actually operates the Jupiter Inlet Lighthouse and the park where the lighthouse sits. And, of course, like I said, you can take a tour to the top of the lighthouse and see other exhibits in the park. Tours to the light, up, the, up the lighthouse, to the lighthouse, up the lighthouse, kind of the same thing, sorry, are conducted daily. Um, and you can still roam around the base of the ground, on the grounds. You can also visit the museum and the secret station J, which is the U.S. Naval Supplemental Radio Station. The museum is in the original Naval Married Men's Quarters, which is kind of interesting. And there's also the Tyndall Pioneer House, which is the early house, earliest house still in Jupiter on the grounds. And this allows visitors to see how life was along the Loxahatchee for the pioneers of that time. The lighthouse keepers, of course, are available for a tour. And you can see how they lived during the time the lighthouses were manned and carrying oil buckets up and down and... You know, trying to save wayward ships and, of course, dealing with the local tribes. Um, there's actually a Seminole Chicky, uh, which was built on the grounds in May of 2009. And this was really a tribute to the Seminole people of the area. And it kind of showed their way of life and the trade and the relationship that the lightkeepers actually kept with the Seminoles. Which I think is really cool. Because I'm pretty sure that the lighthouse keeper was probably pretty isolated. And to build a relationship with the Seminoles, especially after all the wars and stuff, is actually kind of cool. Now... The main thing that you can see about around the lighthouse is just the beauty of the area. Um, you go to the top and you can see just absolutely amazing views. Um, the area that it's on actually features 25 special status species and cultural evidence of human occupation, as well as a hiking trail that overlooks a lagoon that goes around the lighthouse. So, of course, as you look out, you see the beauty of it. And, of course, if you're on the ground, you get to walk around the beauty of it. So, it's kind of a cool glimpse into the past that also gets to preserve the land around it and make sure that the future people understand the lighthouse, how things used to run, and, of course, the cultural importance in the area. Side note, I did talk about the Jupiter Inlet Lighthouse on my Lighthouse podcast episode a couple weeks ago. I think it was back in December. So you can also check that out if you want to hear more information. I just kind of gave you another synopsis of it. And of course, Florida is a great place to be, especially in the winter, and it's year-round, and of Jupiter is absolutely no exception to this. And so that really does make it a great place to be home for MLB spring training teams. And Jupiter is actually lucky enough to be home to two teams. They're home to the Florida Marlins and the St. Louis Cardinals. Each team has their own practice field, 
outdoor batting cages, pitching mounds, and indoor areas for their use in spring training season. The teams do play at the Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium, and the stadium is actually only one of two stadiums in Florida that hosts two MLB teams annually for spring training. And spring training is really cool. It's really kind of a thing to Florida. This is the Grapefruit League. And it allows people to visit and see their favorite teams. Uh, you get to enjoy it. You can much cheaper than you would a regular season game. You are outside. You get to sit on the berm, which is the grassy area, and drink local beer and hang out with other fans. And you'd get to see a team that you'd normally have to travel for. Like, side note, I love seeing the Yankees in Tampa because I don't have to deal with it. Um, but back to Jupiter. So, Jupiter really does embrace its spring training. Um, and sadly, right now, there's a lockout going on. Uh, so, spring training is on hold, which really sucks. It actually really impacts every city in Florida that hosts the um, MLB teams. It really messes up you know, the local people who rely on that. And this is all because the players want to get more money. I'm sorry, but we as the fans pay to see you, so we are paying you to play. And you are not playing. And that is just disheartening. Um, it, you're literally getting money from us because we're the fans, and you don't want to play like you're supposed to. That's just really annoying. Um, side note, though, I did see that the fans have created a quote-unquote union in response to these requests, and I say good for them. Um, we need to have a say if we're going to be the ones paying to see you play. Uh, I also saw that if they didn't decide something by Monday, they were going to be like, nope, your season's canceled and you get no money, which I think also is great. So I hope that they come to an understanding very soon. Sorry for my side rant. I think it's just ridiculous that they're even doing this. Um, back to the stadium. So the stadium is used, for, though, for more than just spring training. They also have minor league teams that actually call Jupiter home. And the Jupiter Hammerheads... And the Palm Beach Cardinals call this stadium home as well during their season. And the teams actually play Wednesday through Saturday. And the tickets are actually pretty inexpensive, and it's really just something fun to do. They actually get into the community. They even have a kids' club that gets kids into every Saturday game. That includes, I think, a hot dog and a Coke for each game. And they get a t-shirt for the season. And I think that's a pretty good deal because they literally get to go to every game. And it's only, like, 25 bucks. Um... But they also do a, a, the same kind of program for the 55 and up fans. And they get to go on Wednesdays. And I think they get a hot dog and a Coke, too. And there's bingo, and there's games, and they get a gift. And I think that's pretty cool because they, they do put out for the different age groups. And they do include everybody. And they really do get into their community. Uh, which is kind of cool because minor league games sometimes can be a little bit more fun than major league games. I feel that, you know, the people really get into it and really have a little bit more fun because... Well, yes, you're getting paid to play. It's not quite so serious, and you get to enjoy it a little bit more. Um, but back to Jupiter. And Jupiter is a really nice area. I've already given you some really great ideas about, you know, you can see sports, you can see nature. But you can also go and experience really beautiful waterfronts. And that waterfront includes shopping and dining. And this area is actually home to many snowbirds or transplants, which means you can find so many different food options in this city. I know that there's some amazing New York bagel places in the area, as well as Chicago and New York-style pizzas. Fresh seafood is obviously easy to find in the Florida town, as well as authentic pasta. Some amazing Jewish jellies, such as 2J's, which is all up and down that Florida coast. Oh, Butterfinger's making an appearance. Sorry, guys. Butterfinger apparently likes Jewish jellies. The things you learn. Or he doesn't like 2Js. 
I'm going to go with he doesn't like two J's, but whatever. Um, the city, though, in Jupiter is also home to not just 55 and up and tourists. It's also home to celebrities. And some of those celebrities decided to start restaurants in Jupiter. And so you have a thousand north which is owned by Michael Jordan, and then a restaurant called The Woods by Tiger Woods. And the restaurants are open to the public, and of course reservations are recommended because they fill quickly. And they're both known for their foods and their scenery. Thousand North actually sits on waterfront and lets you take in views of the Jupiter Inlet Lighthouse while you dine. And The Woods is an elevated sports bar, really nice sports bar, that allows you to enjoy American Eats. I looked up their... uh, menu and it was like steaks and pasta and really nice stuff but everybody kept raving about their happy hour so apparently if you ever go to the woods you should go during happy hour um and that's really cool that these celebrities have come to this area and kind of started their own thing and of course michael jordan and tiger woods are not the only celebrities to call the area home so who knows who you're gonna see when you're exploring these great florida southern towns of course i did mention the dog beach earlier and that's really cool for dog lovers but of course the beach isn't the only thing for dog friendly in jupiter uh, the area is actually super pet friendly lots of pet friendly patios you can take them with you and you enjoy a bite out to eat or go to the bar um, it's so the area really does make it easy for people to move to the area with their pets and really just allows you to transition into florida from other areas or even retire into jupiter um, it's very accommodating there's a lot of 55 and up communities in the area so if you're looking to retire maybe check out jupiter uh and what's really cool is they seem very community community oriented there's lots of events if you go on the jupiter website there for the city there's actually tons of events going on and they really try to include a lot of people i think the coolest thing i saw was that the city hosts a christmas boat parade every year so the boats are decked out in christmas lights and decorations and they travel from north palm beach uh to jupiter by sailing up the intercoastal waterway and just have like a boat parade And I think that's pretty cool. That's something you don't get to see all the time. It's another way to celebrate Christmas and really get in with the community. And I don't know, it just seems fun. And of course, Jupiter is home to a few interesting moments in history. Um, The one I'm actually going to talk about is one that actually kind of had to get a president involved. And we can actually thank a homeowner in Jupiter for President George W. Bush signing in the Freedom to Display the American Flag Act of 2005. Homeowner George Andres wanted to put a flagpole up and fly the American flag in his front lawn. Well, the HOA in his community had a bylaw that did not allow for flagpoles. Well, George put his flag out anyways. He was going to display his American flag, and he did. And the HOA went to war with him. They even tried to foreclose on his home, take him to court. Uh, Governor Jeb Bush and the media even got involved and visited George, and the HOA did not budge they did not want him putting up a flagpole or to display the flag so it did go to court many times and and the final george won the case and he was allowed to put up his flagpole and fly his flag and now thanks to him and that display the american flag act anyone in the u.s can now display an american flag on their property regardless of hoa rules so go george um i think that's really cool although Side note, I did not realize that, that you were not allowed to fly the American flag in some places. I I just thought that was like your right as an American. I don't know. Um, but yeah, go George. You won. I think that's really kind of cool. And it's, of course, happened in the small town of Jupiter. Now, of course, Jupiter is a beautiful city in Florida full of history and fun, education, and the willingness to preserve its area, the wildlife, and the history in its part of Florida. 
The state parks, local parks, and many other areas really allow you to get that Florida feeling in South Florida. And of course, it's only minutes from A1A, a scenic route, so you can go up and down and enjoy the entire coast of Florida. There's plenty of airports in the nearby area and other amenities. And Jupiter was actually even featured um, in American Horror Stories Freak Show season. I thought that was kind of a cool little tidbit. And of course, the town has much to offer. It's full of snowbirds, locals, tourists, wildlife, and of course, sadly, it's home to Florida Man too. Now, today's Florida Man doesn't come from South Florida, but it comes from St. Pete. It's kind of a local one for me. And the title is Drunk Florida Lawyer Strips Naked and Refuses to Put Her Clothes Back On After Refusing to Be Served at a Bar Because She Was Already Drunk. All right. The lawyer was apparently arrested and charged with disorderly conduct for stripping naked in a St. Pete lounge. The cops asked her to redress, so she put on a hoodie, and that was it. She thought she was dressed at that point. She wasn't. But the best part about this woman is, not only is she a lawyer, not only is she being arrested for being drunk in public, but she was arrested two days prior for trying to skip out on a large restaurant bill at a Thai restaurant, also in St. Pete. So, clearly, this woman just did not know when to quit. So, hopefully somebody I don't run into. Um, I hope you guys have enjoyed hearing about this charming beach town in South Florida. Thank you, Erica, for just suggesting the topic. I hope I hit on everything you wanted to hear. I find it super interesting. I have been through Jupiter. I just did not realize exactly how charming or how full of character it was. Now, I can't wait to go back. If anybody else has a suggestion, guys, please feel free to reach out. Um, Facebook, Instagram, email, Twitter. I have all those. You can reach me. Um, I always like to get you guys' topics. Um, because it's probably something I would never have thought to research. So, thank you, Erica, again, for reaching out to me. That's kind of cool. Thank you also for supporting this podcast. If you have a second, I would really appreciate a review, a five-star review on Apple and a five-star review on Spotify. Don't forget I also put up questions on Spotify to see how you guys like and hear things. Again, keep, out, keep a lookout for the questions of the week on Facebook and Instagram. I promise to do better. I promise. Um, thank you for listening, guys. Drink water, wear sunscreen, and as always, that's your daily dose of sunshine.